I guess we'll go ahead and get started. It's about that time, isn't it? Uh, give you a few announcements. Uh, like I said, I heard from a pastor this morning. He sent me a text that they're doing well on their vacation and they're they're enjoying their time and the uh, oceans are smooth sailing. Kind of worried about that. We were talking about that before he left because of the, the hurricanes in the area and and uh, the after effects and he's thinking the water might be a little rough and choppy and uh, but it seems to be doing, they seem to be doing well. Uh, continue to pray for them. Uh, we're having missionaries coming in for next Sunday morning. Uh, the Gay family, they've been here, well, I guess it's probably been a few years. <laughs> I'm pretty bad about judging years. I just say, I say, well, it just happened recently, and Melinda tells me, uh, try seven or eight years ago. And, uh, but but I don't think it's been that long since they've been here. Uh, they're, they're a large family, too, as I recall. And, uh, but they should be with us next Sunday morning. I think he'll be doing the Sunday morning services. Uh, it's Miss Christie's birthday, so she's on the cruise, enjoying vacation on her birthday. But keep them in your prayers. And uh, is there any other special? Oh, Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn are in Ecuador uh, on a mission trip medical mission trip and uh, so pray for them for uh, traveling mercies and safety and uh, the Lord to use them over there bring them home safely has uh, any other special announcements tonight uh, all right brother Ed would you open us up in prayer please Amen. We're going to start off with hymn number 107 in our hymn books tonight, 107. And uh, our next song is going to be, just giving you a heads up, uh, 85, Savior Like a Shepherd Leads. And uh, in between verses, I'm going to give time for testimony. I know, man, you're just thrown on the spot and you don't give it time to think about it. And uh, you think, oh, man, I should have said that, I should have said that. If I'd had time to think about it. So I'm giving you a second to think about it, giving you a heads up. Our next song, we're going to have the time in between verses. If you have a word of testimony, something good the Lord's done for you you'd like to share, uh, I'll give you that opportunity. That's something I've always liked to do, and so I'm going to give you that opportunity. I like bragging on the Lord. 107, no, not one.
said, uh, I said, he said, well, I'm not praying about it because God knows what I need. Yep. I said, okay. <laughs> I praise the Lord for his great faith.
He's just going to have to watch the YouTube videos. <laughs> um, this song, uh, me and Miss Christy actually worked on together. Um, and we sang it during our revival one week. And Pastor liked it so much, he had us sing it every night of the revival. And this is one of my favorite songs. And it's just a, a really good song. Just listen to the words. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, love and power. I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me with his arms in the arms of my dear Savior. Oh, there are ten thousand charms. Come ye thirsty, come and welcome God's free bounty glorify. True Every grace that brings you nigh. Come ye weary, heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. Let not conscience make you linger, nor a fitness fondly dream. All the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms, in the arms of my dear Savior. Oh, there are ten thousand charms. Appreciate that good singing. I, I I enjoy music. I love singing, but I have a hard time getting my voice to do what I want it to do. Just uh, preaching and teaching. Amen. Uh, we're going to be in uh, Revelation chapter thirteen this evening. Revelation chapter thirteen to start off with. I want to ask the question, uh, have you ever wondered why the Antichrist and Satan are referred to as the beast? Uh, where does that term come from and what exactly does it mean? Uh, who is the beast? There's a fellow by the name of Eliester Crowley that claimed that he was the beast I'm saying his name correctly, Eliester Crowley. You want to help me out, Melinda? Am I saying it wrong? Aliester? 
Alistair, Alistair Crowley. Um, I know a little bit about him because there's been, he's been mentioned in a lot of songs, amen. Uh, before I got saved, I listened to rock and roll music, and me, I, the Rolling Stones have mentioned him, Ozzy Osbourne has mentioned him, Jimi Hendrix, and um, actually he's on the album cover of the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper album, and uh, so he's a very well-known uh, individual, but I'm having a hard time, Alistair, Alistair Crowley, <laughs> Alistair Crowley, uh, he was born in 1875 and died in 1947, burning in hell right now, that guy was, as, in fact, um, the British press announced him as the most wicked man that ever lived. I mean, he, he, was, he was a devil, just an evil man, but idolized by many people in the world. Uh, he claimed that he was the beast. In fact, he referred to himself as the beast 666. I mean, that's how he referred to himself. Uh, he practiced and studied black magic for the sole purpose of conjuring up demonic spirits. I mean, he was, he was just pure evil, pure evil. He claimed he was the beast. Um, I think Satan does have a man prepared at all times because soon as the rapture takes place, which the devil doesn't know when the rapture is going to take place, so he has to have a vessel uh, prepared at all times for him to possess and become the Antichrist. Um, I'm sure he's got a man uh, that's walking around right now prepared for if the rapture was to take place today, he could probably enter into that man immediately and uh, become the Antichrist and come into power. Uh, I thought this might be somewhat of an appropriate message. It's already October 1st, amen, and uh, Halloween coming up. And uh, I, I've actually had this outline that I've been working on for quite some time, just never uh, felt comfortable about uh, giving it. But I'm going to look at it tonight. Who is the beast? I'm going to take that word beast, B-E-A-S-T, an acrostic form tonight. Uh, I remember when I first got saved, I read a prophecy book on uh, Salem by Salem Kirby. You, you know who he is, don't you, Brother Greg? Miss Suzanne. Uh, he was a prophecy guy in the, in the 70s and 80s. Um, did a lot of books and seminars and stuff. And uh, I, I think reading his book, uh, back in his day, uh, the big concern was this big computer down in Brazil that they called the beast. And uh, there was a lot of speculation about that. Of course, computers have come a long way today, amen. Here we are in 2017, uh, from the 1970s and 80s to 2017. A lot has changed, and uh, especially when it comes to computers and how small and how much information that they, of course, we talked about in Sunday school a couple weeks ago there in Wisconsin, how they got that computer chip uh, the size of a grain of rice 
that they are uh, putting it in employees' right hand, not the left hand, the right hand. And uh, it's got a lot of information on it. Uh, so we got the technology in place for the mark of the beast and for the beast to come into power. Let's look at Revelation chapter 13. Uh, read those first four verses to get us started this evening. Revelation chapter 13, verse Number one says, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat in great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is likened to the beast? And who is able to make war with him? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your precious word and the truths found therein. Father, help us tonight as we look at this study on the beast, the Antichrist. Uh, Father, we pray that you give us wisdom. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth and learn something that will help us, encourage us, and make us better servants for your glory. And we'll give you all the praise for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take that word beast, B-E-A-S-T, in acrostic form tonight. And we're going to start off in, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 for that B in beast. I remember I was talking to Melinda on the way uh, to church tonight, and I, I remember going to Kings Island and uh, I was thinking 1986, our church youth group went. It wasn't too long after I got saved. And, uh, of course, they, back, back in 1986, I don't know if it's still there or not, they had this big wooden roller coaster, amen, called the Beast. And, uh, boy, that thing, uh, there's something about that word beast. I, I know, I know it, it talks, when you talk about the beast, uh, the beast of the field. I don't think originally, as we'll see tonight, that it had such a bad, uh, meant something bad, but has become something like that. But you know, that's the way the world, the devil does, amen. They take a word and, and they corrupt it and they change the meaning to it and it takes on a whole different meaning. Um, this thing of political correctness and stuff, they're constantly doing that. And but the word, when I think of the beast now, I, I always associate that with the devil in some way or somehow. Uh, but we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 14 and 15. Verse 14 says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? 
Uh, that word Belial there, that's, that's a reference to Satan. Uh, what, the Bible says, in what concord hath Christ with Belial? They're opposites. Uh, you have the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you have the Antichrist, uh, Satan, or in this case, Belial. That word Belial is mentioned uh, in other places in the Bible. Uh, just Brother Travis is doing a study on the different names of God, and uh, there's, there's many different names that uh, God has that we refer, refer to him in as in the Bible, and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's, he's known as the Son of God and the Son of Man, and uh, he has many different names, and um, well, the devil does too. And the first time this word Belial shows up, of all places, there's something about numbers, amen? Deuteronomy chapter 13, 13. Um, here we're, we started off looking in Revelation chapter 13 about the beast. The first time uh, that word Belial shows up is in Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13, 13 says this, Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which ye have not known. Children of Belial, basically children of the devil, amen. Uh, over there in the New Testament one time, the, uh, Jesus Christ referred to as the Pharisees, He's, he says, you're of your father, the devil. Uh, there, there's other places. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. This word Belial, how that it shows up, how does it appear, and what does it mean? 1 Samuel chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 2. Verse 12. It says, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. And uh, let's look at one more place. We're pretty close to it. Go to Judges chapter, Judges chapter 19, verse 22. Judges 19.22 says, Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house that we may know him. Uh, that word know him is referring uh, to know him sexually, it's a, uh, these sons of Belial, they're homosexuals. And uh, I, I believe that with all my heart. You know, people today, they say they claim to be homosexuals and uh, uh, claim that God made them that way, that they were born that way. I don't believe that, amen. I, I believe it's demonic. What's the problem? I think they're sons of Belial's the problem. Sons of the devil. Uh, it's demonic. It's, a it's not natural. 
Uh, God didn't make them that way. Somewhere along the lines, they, they messed with something they shouldn't mess with and allowed a demonic spirit into their presence, into their lives. And uh, that's why we have this mess going on today. Belial, it's another, another name for Satan, for the devil. What about that E and beast? We're already in Judges. Look at Judges chapter 20, verse 13. Judges chapter 20, verse 13. It says, Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that they may put them to death and put away evil, from Israel. Think about that E and beast, it's, it's evil. Uh, the beast is evil. Everything associated with the beast, uh, well, not everything, but the beast himself, what we refer to as the Antichrist or Satan manifested in the flesh. Whoever the beast is going to be, we don't know who he's going to be. He's not going to be revealed till after the church is raptured out. But whoever he is, he's going to be Satan personified, Satan in the flesh. He's a counterfeit. Uh, that's what Satan does. He copies everything that the Lord does. And since Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh, that's what the beast is going to be. He's going to be a man possessed of the devil. And he's going to be pure evil. It's pure evil. And that's what I got for the E. In beast, he's going to be. Do you know why the world is so full of evil today? Because the world is full of the children of Belial, children of the devil. They've rejected God, they rejected God's word, and thus they rejected God's truth. There's no uh, uh, moral compass once they rejected the authority of God's word, and people are doing that which is right. That seemeth right in their own eyes, and uh, we're just in a mess today. And here we see in Judges chapter 20, verse 13, Now therefore deliver us the men, the children of Belial, which are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and put away evil from Israel. The beast is the devil in human form, and the devil is pure evil. Amen. He, he's the original boogeyman. Um, I remember as a kid growing up, I liked scary movies. I liked watching scary movies as a kid. I don't know why. Uh, I, of course, the movies today are much scarier than they were back when I was growing up. Amen. I, I wouldn't dare watch some of that stuff that they got out today that they, they call scary movies. That's uh, the, the boogeyman. Uh, the devil, he's the original boogeyman. Uh, I watched, I remember seeing, I think it was in 1978, me and my mom went to the state fair and we got to see Sammy Terry. Uh, remember Sammy Terry and had, had that spider, his sidekick, George, and um, that, that was as scary as, as, I, as I liked it to be back then. But some of that stuff today, boy, I tell you what, it'd give you nightmares. Uh, but I remember the, the movies back then that scared me the most, had, they, they were movies that were demonic, that dealt with evil spirits and stuff like that, because I knew there was some truth to that, amen? Some of that other stuff like Godzilla and King Kong and the Loch Ness Monster, that, that stuff didn't bother me. But when they started, those, when they, those movies started drifting towards 
um, Satanism and stuff like that, then boy, that's because I knew there's some truth to that. The devil, the devil, he's the original boogeyman, amen? Uh, he's pure evil. What about that A in beast? And this is the uh, kind of uh, the basis of the whole lesson this evening. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4. That A in beast, we find that in Revelation chapter 4. Well, actually, we're going to go to Revelation chapter 4, but I want us to look at another verse first. Let's go to Ezekiel 28 first. Ezekiel chapter 28, there in the Old Testament. Ezekiel chapter 28 for that A in beast. And uh, let's start at verse 11. This is a well-known passage in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel may not be a well-known book, but I think a lot of people are familiar with this chapter, especially starting in verse 11. Ezekiel chapter 28, talking about the Antichrist. Look at verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, wake up at limitations upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. He's addressing the king of Tyrus here. But the king of Tyrus is not an ordinary man here. You remember one time the Lord Jesus Christ turned to Simon Peter and said, what, remember what he said to Simon Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. Now we know Simon Peter is not Satan, but the Lord addressed Satan through Simon Peter. And here I believe the Lord is addressing Satan through the king of Tyrus. He says, The king of Tyrus saying to him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum. He's full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. This isn't describing an ordinary man. Amen. He goes on to say, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now we, we, so we know this is not true. The only People that we know of that's been in the Garden of Eden is Adam and Eve and the devil himself, amen, outside the Lord. Uh, so he's definitely addressing uh, Satan in this verse or in this uh, passage. Verse 13, thou hast been in Eden, the Garden of God, every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. And here we go. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. The anointed cherub that covereth. There's our A in beast. Uh, who is the beast? He's the anointed cherub that covereth what? Well, covereth the throne of God. Amen. Now, let's go to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4 and uh, get to the heart of our lesson this evening. Revelation chapter 4. Look at verse 6. Round about the throne 
were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders, sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceedeth lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning between the throne, or before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Verse 6 says, And before the throne there was a sea of glass likened to crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts, full of eyes before and behind. That's what I said earlier about these The word beast, when you think of beast now, to me, in my mind, I, I think about the devil, and it has an evil connotation associated with it. But originally it wasn't like that. Uh, these, there's, there's nothing demonic about these four beasts in Revelation chapter uh, 4 at all. In fact, they, they sat around the throne of God crying, holy, 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 amen. He, we see in verse 7, it says, The first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had the face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Amen. So these four beasts are around the throne of God. One of them has the face of a lion, represents uh, the wild creatures that God created, one of them has the face of a calf. That represents the domesticated animals in God's creation. One of them has the face of an eagle. That represents the fowls of the air in God's creation. And one has the face of a man. That represents us. And these four beings, these four beasts, surround the throne of God. One to the left, one to the right. I believe one front and one behind. But Ezekiel chapter 28 tells us there was an anointed cherub that covereth the throne. And I believe that was Lucifer's original position. And um, there's one class of God's creation that's missing here. We see the wild animals represented, the domesticated animals represented, the fowls of the air represented, mankind represented. Uh, what's missing here? Reptilian class. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. How does Satan originally first show up in the Bible? Genesis chapter 3, we see uh, the first mentioned of the devil, but he appears as a serpent. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The A, the B, stands for Belial, the E for evil, the A, the anointed cherub, and the S in beast, we see here as the serpent. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says, says now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. <laughs> uh, 
You know, he still does that today, placing doubt on God's word. Amen. That's what all these new Bibles are about. Yea, hath God said, they, they change God's word. Uh, why do they do that? Well, it's a money thing, amen. If it doesn't, somebody said, if it doesn't make sense, there's a buck in it. And, uh, you know, they, they change God's word, put a copyright on it, and somebody's drawing income from it. Uh, but it's also dis- deception, uh, placing doubt on God's word. They're saying there's errors in God's word, amen. I don't believe that. The uh, King James Bible, I, listen, I've been saved since 1986. You've heard me say this. You probably get tired of hearing me to repeat myself, amen. But uh, there's, no, there's no errors in this book. Uh, there's, there's just not. Um, Bob Jones Sr. says, when that lady asked Bob Jones Sr., she, she asked him, he says, she says, do you understand everything written in God's word? And he says, of course not. He says, if I understood everything written in this Bible, then I would know it was written by someone that didn't have any more sense than what I have. Amen. Uh, I may not understand everything written in God's word, but I believe it. That's where faith comes in. I don't understand all this about the beast and the Antichrist. Um, but by faith, I believe it's going to happen. He's going to show up. I don't know who he is. He could be walking around. I, well, I believe the devil's got somebody prepared uh, to be the beast if the rapture is to take place in the near future. Uh, I, I think in every time period, the devil has someone in play ready to take that position. Uh, I bet back in the 1940s, uh, many of them probably believed Adolf Hitler was that man. Um, can't say the guy's name again. Aliester, I want to say, Alistair, thank you. <laughs> Alistair Crowley uh, thought he was the beast. Uh, in fact, uh, he, that's what he referred to himself as. And um, so there's a lot of things I don't understand. But just because I don't understand something in God's word doesn't mean it's an error or a mistake, amen. That uh, means I'll be forever learning God's word. It's alive. Amen. It's quick. It's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, but that serpent there, why well, isn't it interesting there in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, that uh, this serpent is talking and, it, and Eve doesn't seem uh, startled by that at all? <laughs> I mean, of course, it was before the fall. Uh, perhaps animals... Adam and Eve did were able to communicate with the animals. You say, that's crazy. Well, we have cartoons that we watch today with talking animals. And you know, there are some birds that can still talk. Um, they, they, pro- they, they repeat things. They don't exactly perhaps uh, put sentences together on their own, but they can hear something. We call them mockingbirds. Um, uh, Balaam's donkey, perhaps the Lord removed the curse temporarily off of Balaam's donkey to allow it to speak. Uh, I guess we'll find out during the millennium, amen, when the curse is lifted. The Bible does say that Adam had dominion over all the animals of the earth, which uh, meaning he was like their king. And uh, so perhaps there was some kind of communication between them. All I know is it says there in chapter 3, verse 1 of Genesis, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said, 
unto the woman. And she's not bothered by this serpent speaking to her at all. Now, I, I kind of wonder about these snakes and women. I, I don't like snakes at all. <laughs> I just don't. And uh, Melinda was telling me this story of a woman who uh, uh, has a pet python snake. And I realize people allow their animals, you know, if you got a dog or a cat in the house, uh, get on the bed and sleep with you. But this lady allowed a big old python snake to get in bed with her, and she slept with that thing every night. And um, the story goes on that she got worried about this python snake because it stopped eating. So she took it to the vet, or con yeah, she took it to the vet, and the vet ran some tests and uh, was asking the lady about the snake's behavior and its habits. And so the lady told the vet, you know, that she slept with the, she allowed the snake to sleep in her bed with her at night. And um, the vet told the lady that the reason her snake stopped eating was that it was preparing its stomach for a big meal. <laughs> Guess who was on the menu? Uh, why? There's just something about serpents and snakes, man. I, there's no way. There's just no way. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. Snakes, boy, they, they just... I know there's some good snakes, but boy, they just make my skin crawl. I know black snakes are good snakes to have around because they get rid of mice and that kind of thing. But uh, a couple years ago, I had to deal with this black snake, and I had to grab it by the tail, and oh, I just... It, I, I did not want to do that. I just, uh, I just did not want to do that, but it was necessary. Um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, this even the lady, this even Eve, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou go. And dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Uh, that serpent was a beautiful creature, but because it allowed Satan to possess it, um, God cursed it in a special way. He says that little phrase right there, a cursed, cursed above all, cursed above all cattle. And you know, during the millennium, when the curse is lifted upon nature, uh, there'll be no more thorns and thistles. Uh, we'll have, you know, grapes the size of watermelons or even bigger. And uh, the lion will lay down with the lamb and the wolf, and then, you know, they'll eat grass and all that. But yet, the curse is still going to be upon that serpent. That that serpent will still crawl up on its belly and eat dust, even during the millennium. Uh, apparently, it probably had legs at this time and perhaps walked upright. I don't know. A lot of speculation about that. But, but because of the serpent allowing Satan to use it in the form that it did, uh, the Lord cursed it above all cattle to the, to the effect that even during the millennium, It'll still be cursed. All right.
What about that T in beast? And we'll close with this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus had just gotten, he's starting his ministry. He's just gotten baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan in Matthew chapter 3. And here in, John, in uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. To be tempted of the, of the devil. That's what the devil does, amen. He's the tempter, and uh, that's what the T I got for the beast. Here's that he's the tempter. Satan's intention was to tempt Christ to sin and thus spoil God's plan for man's redemption. That's what he was hoping to do, uh, trying to disqualify Jesus Christ by trying to get him to sin. But praise God, that didn't happen, amen. We'd be in a horrible mess. Uh, of course, it didn't work, but uh, that's what he does. That's what he did back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. He tempted Eve, caused mankind to fall into sin to begin with. And uh, look at uh, Revelation chapter 20. He's still doing that kind of stuff today, and he's not through with it either. Revelation chapter 20. Look at verse 1, 2, and 3. It says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. Um, I like that, that word great. I may do a word study on that word great sometime. Uh, every t like I said, we use that word great and we just throw it around and refer to many different things that's not so great. <laughs> uh, but when the Bible uses the word great, it's, it's significant, amen. This isn't some ordinary chain. Uh, this is a chain that's able to uh, bind a spiritual creature. Verse 2 says, And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent. Amen. That's how he appeared in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It's an old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. See, he has many names. Amen. Uh, appears as the red dragon in Revelation chapter 12. Appears as the old serpent and Genesis chapter 3, and also referred to as the devil and Satan. We know him as Lucifer, his original name. It says, And he bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. So what's he doing? He's still tempting and deceiving. Amen. He's going to do that all the way up until the millennium when he's bound for a thousand years. And uh, what a wonderful time that's going to be. Amen. Uh, 
that's, that's still yet to happen. I'm looking forward to that. Thank God for the book of Revelation and the truth found therein. Amen. Uh, what a blessing. We know how this thing's going to end. Uh, we don't have to worry or we don't have to, uh, uh, you know, figure out how things are going. We know how things are going to end. Thus saith the Lord, this is the way it's going to be. Uh, he's going to be bound for a thousand years. We're going to rule and reign with him during that time upon the earth. Uh, we'll already have our new glorified bodies. Uh, the curse will be lifted. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. No corrupt politicians. No hurricanes and uh, wildfires. Uh, it's going to be perfect weather 24 hours a day. Uh, I don't think we'll have to worry about it. At least we won't. We won't have to worry about because we'll have our new glorified bodies. You won't have to worry about uh, uh, hospitals and aches and pains and that kind of thing. It's just, just going to be wonderful and it's going to be a blessing for a thousand years. A thousand years. That's a long time. Amen. Uh, I've been on this planet for some 51 years and that seems like a long time in some respects, but that's nothing compared to a thousand years. And then after that, eternity's going to start. Uh, but we see in Revelation chapter 20, verse 7, it says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall, shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the end of the sand of the sea. And uh, these are people that are going to be born during the thousand years, during the millennium. These are the people that Satan's going to be able to go to when he's loosed and tempt them, deceive them to rebel against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords one last time. He's going to be a smooth talker. Uh, the Bible talks about this Antichrist. He's going to deceive the people. He's, he's going to influence people. Um, he's going to be a genius on so many different levels, including the ability to speak. Amen. I admire that because I'm not a good speaker but it's something that the Lord uses me to do and teach and sign. You got, you know, I'll stutter and get my words mixed up. I can't even say that one guy's name, Al Alistair Crowley, amen. Uh, just something as simple as that. But this guy, this Antichrist, the devil, is going to be an oratorical genius, amen. He's going to be able to speak and just captivate people with his words. He's going to be able to influence people to rebel against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's something. How did he deceive the angels? One third of the angels. How is that possible? I tell you, Lucifer is a smooth talker, amen? Uh, He's going to be able to deceive them one, one more time, these people, in the rebellion against the Lord. Verse 9, it says, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. This is at the end of the millennium. 
when Satan is loosed out of that pit that he was in for a thousand years. Verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. Man, The beast and the false prophet were cast into that lake of fire a thousand years earlier, amen. When Satan was cast into that bottom and cast into that pit by that great with that great chain uh, during the during the millennium, uh, when that happened, the beast and the and the um, false prophet were cast into the lake of fire. A thousand years later, Satan's going to be cast into the lake of fire with the beast and the false prophet who are already there. It says they shall be tormented. Day and night, that beast and the false prophet, they've been tormented day and night already for a thousand years. And it's going to continue. It says forever and ever. Amen. No rest, no relief. And that's the place where people who reject the Lord Jesus Christ are going. Hey, folks, make sure you're saved. Amen. You don't want to be any part of that. You just don't. It's not worth it. We looked at this morning about the, we're, I believe we're living in the Laodicean church age, meaning that Christians are, are, are lukewarm and, and perhaps even many that are attending church may not even be saved at all. I think a lot of people are being deceived today. Um, the devil's very religious. He's got, the Bible talks about he's got his ministers and they're behind pulpits today. Uh, preaching another gospel, preaching deception, preaching works, preaching baptism for salvation, preaching, preaching everything but the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, there's a, there's, the push is still on about taking blood out, change, taking the blood out of the hymn books that we sing from and uh, some of these English Bibles that they're producing. Make sure you're saved, amen. But what a blessing the book of Revelation is. We don't have to wonder how things are going to turn out, amen. We already know. Thus saith the Lord, this is how it's going to be. All right, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your...